0: Welcome back to another edition of Trendy. Oh, oh, wait a second, wait a second. I better do that again. Yeah! Welcome back to another edition of Covered in Glory. Oh, no, no. It's both of them, guys. It's both Trendy and Covered in Glory as we are giving you the crossover event that absolutely nobody asked for on this very strange <laughs> week between the holidays. I am here with Brett Coraminos, and we're going to release this particular episode on both feeds, and then Trendy will do two other episodes this week, one on basketball only and one on football only. What do you think about all that, Brett?
1: Uh, I'm really excited about this. I am the one person that asked for this. Uh, when you mentioned that it might be a possibility. And then I was like, yeah, we should do that. We should do that. Bring me on next week. Let's do a Sig <laughs> Trendy crossover. I want to yeah. do that. Um, right, well, so I was the, I was the, the one person. This is my belated Christmas West come true.
0: So before we get into all the soccer action I have some business to take care of, Brett, Ryan Gewirtz came on last week and destroyed the new the record for the highest week ever in the show's short history, setting a new high watermark of 26 units. I am not the record holder, so I obviously lost. Congrats to Brian. That was a hell of a week. Also, uh, we previewed The Miz and Brian's fantasy matchup over the weekend and I put up a hundred dollars of my own money for Christmas to anybody who can correctly predict or as close as you can tell them to the final score. And I am here to say the Miz destroyed Brian, absolutely destroyed him, beat him by 40 points uh, and put up 124 himself. And Keith ei 6 on Twitter, congratulations to you. Not only were you only one of two people to pick the Miz, so thats bulletin is bullet-to-board material as the Miz's team heads into the final, but you also said the Miz would score 123 points. You came within one point of getting his, his total correct. That is really amazing. Way to go, Keith. Did you think the Miz was going to pull that out after all you listened to on uh, on Friday, Brett? Uh,
1: I, well, I mean, his, his confidence like just sucked me in. Right. You know, I mean that when he brought up the special teams aspect of fantasy football, uh, I, I, I was just, I was all in like, I was like, yeah, like this guy has that extra, like he has a way to motivate these guys that he has no way of getting in touch with. And I was like, absolutely. That's my guy.
0: Yeah, well, if you're going to fall for confidence, you're going to fall for everything he says. He can definitely sell you (laughs) Amway or a Bridge or whatever that you're looking for. If you have confidence in your guy, then uh, the Miz is going to make a buck off of you. Uh, So before we get into our picks for you loyal, trendy listeners who we love and appreciate and thank you for being here, we are going to talk soccer only today. So if you want to bail out now, I don't blame you, Uh, but we hope that you'll stick around because soccer is a fantastic sport to Brett. to bet on brett and i have been doing covered in glory for the last three years and it is the show and the sport i am most profitable on in my gambling career and before we give the picks want to just give you a real quick primer about different ways to bet the beautiful game so the most important thing to know is you're betting three totals. Uh, you're betting the win or the draw. So win for either side or the draw. So it's a three-way market, which is a little bit different than you might be playing otherwise. Uh, but there are over-unders available. Classically, two and a half is the over-under for a soccer game, and then they adjust the odds. Um, And then other than that, there's plenty of ways to get action down. If you don't want to wait for just the final or you don't want to, you know, you think, only goals matter. There's plenty of ways to get action down on other events throughout the match. Brett, what are some of your favorite ways to get in uh, action between the f- the start and the f- final whistle?
1: Uh, well, I mean, your favorite way that I pick is when I take the coward's way out and bet a draw. Um, sure. I'm not saying it's a good way to do it, but that's probably your favorite way for me to bet. Um no but I think that my my favorite thing is to look at um I mean obviously in, in in any sport nowadays you have some advanced metrics that are going on behind it so you know we we like betting portfolio stuff teams with volatility um a lot that are maybe um, either drastically overperforming, drastically underperforming, have crazy ranges of outcomes within a game. So some of our favorite bets have been like teams to come from behind and win, or to come from behind and draw. Uh, teams to take clean sheets that have given up a lot of goals recently, but the the shots against them haven't really shown that they, they should be giving up that many. Um, but I mean, we we tend to do. Pretty good, I think, you and I, I'm going to give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back here, with kind of finding those trends, taking some of those portfolio bets, and then betting them out over the course of the long term, because anything can happen in an individual soccer match. So this sport in particular, I think more than any, it's really good to kind of keep your head level and kind of bet things consistently and kind of let the numbers play out.
0: Yeah, and there are some fun bets along the way. I mean, yes, you want to bet portfolio. Yes, you want to be profitable. But if you're just if you're dipping your toes in and you want to add a little excitement, uh, there's usually a bet on Caesars for both teams to score, but there being no draw. So it doesn't matter who wins as long as they don't tie and they both get on the score sheet. You usually get pretty good odds on that. Uh, you could also bet both to score. You could bet yes or no, uh, depending on the two teams. That's going to be anywhere from minus 200 to plus 200. Uh, On either side of that, it's usually going to be your range. But then there's individual events that you can uh, take action against. One of my personal favorite breaths is uh, one shot on target. So as long as you hit the goalie or hit the frame, you're fine, whether it goes in or not. And I particularly like to bet this for midfielders. So as you uh, can possibly imagine, like if you're betting for a forward or a striker just to get one shot on goal, you're not going to get great odds. It's going to be like minus 300, minus 400, depending on who the striker is. But for midfielders who often don't get as many chances in front of the net, uh, you usually can get pretty close to even money, like, Uh, Plus 120, minus 120, somewhere in that range, maybe for particularly prolific midfielders, it'll like creep into minus 130 or minus 140, but it doesn't usually go higher than that. And the great thing about this is, one, it can happen at any moment in the game, and two, because the guy doesn't have to score, uh, there's a lot of long-range shots in soccer just to kind of test the defense and test the goalie, and he can catch it, but it still cashes. So midfielders particularly do well in that type of bet because they're the ones more likely to take, you know, a 20-yard strike that uh, ends up in the goalie's hands. But either way, you get to cash your ticket. And it's kind of like um, a longest reception bet or things like that in the NFL and that every single moment it can happen at any time.
1: Yeah, well, uh, and your favorite one is with a certain Norwegian that plays for Arsenal. Um, if anybody sure. who's listening to and Glory knows that Martin Odegaard is basically like a third member he's like a silent member of our podcast considering how much Charlie i thought you're gonna say my spent. family
0: because i uh, consider i consider him kin at this point as much money as he's made me
1: i didn't want to go that far i don't know how he, how you want to do that personal dynamics there if you want to welcome him into your family by all means i mean we need more love in this world so that's a good thing um yeah no i mean uh, and and there, the fun part about about soccer too that i think when you look at the betting stuff is like it, in most sports you're going to have pretty similar possession um distribution you know like maybe football teams will run off more plays if they have a better offense and a higher success rate and things like that um but in soccer like there isn't a tit for tat like you know one team doesn't get the ball and then the other one does after they score like in basketball or football or hockey or whatever this, in this Sport, you one team can have the ball like 80% of a match sometimes. And so if you can kind of get your head around some of that, like who's going to control the ball and in what area of the field are they typically getting it into? And there's stats that'll tell you they're called final third touches. Um, and you can look at touches in the penalty box and time of possession and things like that. Um, Those stats can kind of give you a, a good idea into the way that a game will kind of develop. And then from there, you can work backwards and say, okay, well, if the ball is going to be in this area of the field, these things might happen more often. It's a, it's a totally unique thing to soccer. You just don't see this in other sports.
0: Yeah. And you can also bet anytime goal scorers if you want to bet individual player actions there. Uh, one thing I like to do is two-leg SGPs. of A certain guy will score and his team will win, which is nice because the goals are a rare enough event that if you get the goal scorer right, like you're very highly positively correlated on picking a winner as well. Uh, like it's McCaffrey scores a touchdown and the Niners win. The equivalent to that in soccer is Erling Haaland scores a goal and Manchester City wins. So there are certain ways that you can approach it similar to that you're used to in football Americano. You can also bet on things like yellow cards and red cards and penalties, all sorts of different ways to find action. Um, my, my One of my other favorites will come up later in the show. So, Brad, I think that's a pretty good way to introduce people to the different markets. We should probably get into our picks. Anything else you would add before we get down to business?
1: No, uh, my niece came over today. I'm back home in Wisconsin. My parents helping out with some stuff here when my dad had surgery over the holidays. But this is my new good luck charm. She came into the, the house today and she gave me this stuffed animal. His name is Dog Dog. He was my stuffed animal when I was a kid. And she goes, here, Uncle B, take this while you work today. And I was like, this has been passed down from me to the, my three nieces, and he and she told me to have him while I work today, so this is my new good luck charm, so I'm ready to go. I got me and Dog Dog. are going to hit some big bets today. Well,
0: Dog Dog might be playing midfield for Chelsea tomorrow, so we might need him. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the final bit of business is to make our sponsors happy, so let's give Caesars a little bit of love, and then we'll come back and dive into this.
1: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code
0: 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we are back. And for Covered in Glory listeners, we do a different format here than we do over on Covered in Glory. Uh, the game is called Heart, Head, Heater, Cred. We're gonna give picks from different categories. A heart pick is something that you just believe. You don't really have any reason to believe it other than you feel it in your gut when you look at the sheet. It's the first thing that you think is going to happen, so you write that one down. A head pick is the exact opposite. No no bias allowed, no prejudice, just 100% the numbers and the trends and things like that that lead you to your selection. A heater is a pattern that we follow, like Brett mentioned earlier, our portfolio bets. It's gonna be a little trickier this week because we have to go across sports but we've each found a way to do it and then credit is if you're only to ever make one bet uh which is the big bet which is the one that you believe in the most and we, then we count that for two units last bit of the game is uh tail or fail so at the end of this brett can tail any bet that i make and he gets credit if it hits or, or he can fail it at which point he's taking the other side of that bet and we're going head to head and then highest score at the end of the week wins. So I think it's pretty simple, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, So, Brett, I'm feeling magnanimous coming off of Christmas, and I am going to let you go first. What do you got in the heart category? Well,
1: I mean, if you're feeling all magnanimous, this is great. Uh, So you actually mentioned this in our little rundown before the first break about the different types of ways that you bet teams scoring or not scoring. And so my heart bet is Wolves-Brentford both to score no, at plus one Oh five. So for non-soccer people, that basically just means you need a zero by one of those two teams to cash that bet. Uh, and the reason that my heart says that is I look at a Brentford club and for anybody, Brentford's kind of like the 2000 era, uh, Oakland A's under Billy bean. Uh, but all their attackers are either hurt or suspended one of them for gambling related purposes. So I don't know, we kind of got to give them a pass on that one. Um, but right now they're down to kind of basically like a, a loan acquired striker and, uh, a player named Jonas Wissa and I like Jonas Wissa but he is not the kind of guy that inspires a ton of confidence uh kind of being the guy on a team uh and wolves if anybody's listening to covenant Glory uh they are basically one of the worst attacking teams in the Premier League uh you can look across their front line and even if, if even if you're a a really intense soccer fan you probably couldn't name most of wolves attackers at this point or their midfielders really anybody because there's no star power there um uh, there is a a, a a couple of young players that are up and coming, but they just don't have a lot of juice. So my when I saw that line at, at a plus number, I, like, jumped all over it. So I'm there.
0: Yeah. So uh, another reason I hope that you're still listening, or our loyal Trending audience, is Brett is lights out in December on soccer picks over the last three years. He is over 40 units up during this particular month, and it is still December. So I am tailing him. I'm telling him right out the gate, Wolves' <laughs> attack is horrible. Everything you said about Brentford is also correct. The fact that you can get both of these sides not to score and say a plus number of, in front of it is a Christmas miracle. And I encourage you to tail Brett as well. Uh, Brett, I am going for heart. I am going with my favorite club, where I have a ton of biases, which keeps costing me a lot of money. I am going with Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Palace both to score. Yes. Minus 120. Now, I was going to tell you on the money line, Pals haven't won in two months, which basically makes them a lock to win tomorrow at Chelsea because that is how the last three seasons have gone for the boys in blue or at least a 1-1 draw is coming. <laughs> um, but Chelsea has real midfield problems tomorrow. So Enzo's out hurt. Um, Casado might come back. Gallagher obviously is going to put in another like massive shift but he's meant more to go forward than he is to like be a holder or the last line of defense um to keep people from scoring goals against them and so I am very nervous about this match tomorrow I think it's going to be an up and down affair I think neither side is going to control the midfield which means there's going to be a lot of opportunity a lot of XG generated on both sides I like them both to get on the score sheet as a result and you're getting minus 124 at plus I I think that with uh Sterling and Paul Palmer, both out for Chelsea via accumulation suspensions. We're going to see Nkunku, and Nkunku is going to absolutely cook. I like him to get on the score sheet specifically, but I'm not going to uh, take the any time on him. Didn't like the number, but I can get the whole team and only have to pay minus 120 when they inevitably concede on the other side.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, though, um, to see you take a Chelsea heart bet because no one that listens to the Covering Glory ever gets to see you and Ch- talk about Chelsea ever. This is like a uh, total reversal.
0: No, funny, total funny, guy. reversal. <laughs> funny guy. I can't wait for you to bring up Everton three times against the world's greatest club.
1: I know. So it's it's, it's be it's weird.
0: calling on our biases. Uh, why don't you go weird. ahead and start doing it now? It just, yeah. On your head uh, pick. Don't you have some Everton coming our way?
1: I do. I do have some Everton coming my way, Our our way here. So, uh, Everton is in in the midst of a weird season. They, we covered it all in covered in glory here about their weird point deduction, and what that means for their futures, and how odd it is considering how they're performing. Um, but they have a striker. Dominic Calvert-Lewin and in soccer the big stat that's kind of like a projected stat going forward that's great to utilize is called expected goals and it's essentially just kind of a mark of when a, a shot is taken somewhere on the pitch it's assigned a value depending on where it's taken what part of the body it's taken from how many defenders are in front of it where the goalkeepers position position and all this other kind of fancy stuff. And it just gives it an overall value. Um, and essentially, it's it's been proven to be a very predictive metric going forward. Um, now, some players are are really good finishers, and they'll finish chances better, just like certain quarterbacks are more accurate and can fit the balls into tighter windows and probably beat completion uh, percentage above expectation in the NFL. Same thing can happen on both ends uh, for for goal scorers in soccer. And right now, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who has no history of underperforming XG. and is also Everton's penalty taker, although they haven't actually been granted one this year in the Premier League, um, is underperforming his expected goal total by almost four full goals. Um, So this is sort of a portfolio bet, and he is plus 300 as an anytime goal scorer, which means if he just has to score at any point in this match against Manchester City, and that bet cashes, and this is definitely more a portfolio bet, uh, more than anything than it is probably necessarily against City. But if you're going to bet Dominic Calvert-Loon, you might as well start now at plus 300 and then keep going until he finally not puts one in the back of the net.
0: So, for the record, Brett is betting against Manchester City, who won the treble last year and inspires frequent conversation of whether they are the greatest club at all time, to back Everton, who, while it's his favorite club, has also been in relegation fights year after year, and he's not going to do that once, but at least twice on the show, you have been warned. For my head pick, I am going to play one of my favorite ways to enter the market. Is all covered in glory. Uh, listeners know. And, Brett, of course I had to work one in during our crossover event. I had to expose the larger trendy audience to it. I am going with a corner bet. <laughs> it is here, and it is glorious. Corner bets are one of my favorite things to play because they're largely dictated by style. Of, of the two teams and control of the ball and how they get into the final third. Uh, some teams like, are going to pack the box and play a real tight defense. And as a result, they're constantly like taking crosses uh, from width into the box and, and heading them over the line for corners. Other places play very narrow, so a lot of balls down the middle, not a lot of action into the final third, not a lot of aggressive style. So you want to play the unders on those. And we have two high-flying teams playing against each other on Thursday. So I am going with Brighton over 5.5 corners versus Tottenham at minus 125. The Spurs play this suicidal high line that doesn't make any sense given their injuries of personnel, but somehow they've been banking points off of it. At the same time, they've been conceding a ton of corner kicks, Brett. Uh, over the last 10 games, they've conceded 70 corners. So, for you math wizards out there, that is seven corners a game, much higher than the 5.5, 5, including double digits to the likes of Crystal Palace and the Wolves, who we already called one of the worst attacking sides that we can remember. So, they are giving up the ball in transition. They are scrambling as fast as they can back, and they are desperately kicking the ball out. Happy to concede a corner as long as it doesn't end up with yet another jailbreak on their. Goalie, uh, Brighton has been down lately, as you know. So I d- didn't want to touch the total or the money line on this game, but their attack still has a lot of verve to it. They still have Ferguson leading the line. They still have plenty to scare the Spurs, and I like them to clear this mark fairly easily at minus one twenty five.
1: Uh, I almost took that. I almost took that bet uh because I also noticed the Spurs are giving up a ton of corners. Um, I just couldn't quite get there. And also you have one coming up later, little preview that I like a lot more, but I, I do think that that's got some good value to it. So that's a very good bet.
0: Okay. Well, let's find another good bet. Uh, he, as I said earlier, heater is going to be a little weird this week. Cause you know, you can't play Lakers unders when you got three different sports to cover on three different shows. So we've both found a solution, Brett, What was yours?
1: So mine is my, my heater is technically going to be second half unders um, the, the, my theory behind the entire thing being it's the holidays in any sport in any way shape or form uh, especially in football we're going to see teams that you know maybe are coming off short weeks with three teams that are, that uh, have played yesterday and then also there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be maybe rotating players in and out uh, we don't know how the Lions are going to handle the next two weeks in the NFL uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be playing very conservative with leads as they try to lock up divisions or home field advantage um, so I'm just looking at general second half under stuff um, and my first one is is in that vein. I couldn't find an exact number for a second half under but I am going to take the highest scoring half in the Crystal Palace Chelsea match to be the first half meaning the second half will have less goals. That first half number is at plus 195 so it's basically a second half under bet by saying there's going to be more goals in the first half.
0: Yep. Yeah and I like that as well. Uh, Chelsea has been getting off to quick starts and poor finishes. So having the first half being the high scoring would fit a pattern, particularly at home that they've been playing. They, one of the sides jumps out uh Chelsea often score in the first half and then just blow it at the end time after time but it's the holidays so I do not want to go down that rabbit hole uh for my heater I am going to be playing two team money line parlays just looking at everything and who are the two teams that I trust to take care of business with a decent enough number like yeah I could have taken City versus Sheffield but City's minus two thousand in that game so (laughs) you're not gonna get any payment for that so like where am I actually gonna see a little bit of value I think you just Um, need to
1: take Sheffield. Make that your credit pick for the rest of the week.
0: There you go. Yeah. I'll empty my bank account into it, too. I'll make sure I empty the payroll into it first. <laughs> so your money's on it. Oh. No. Uh, oh,
1: no, so no, no. I'm not that confident, but your money is good. Payroll, not <laughs> too much. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, so for a heater, I am going to take City because I am on the exact opposite of this City-Everton game as Brett, given that they are the greatest club in the world. Uh, but they are on a little bit of, of down times right now with a series of unexpected draws, draw, uh, dropping them down the table. Uh, they've really, obviously, it's the most obvious statement of the world. They've really missed Erling Haaland. <laughs> um, they need you know his his force not only to convert the ball in front of the net, but to draw all the defenders in, which gives so much space to all their other talented attackers to exploit. Uh, but they have Rodri for this game. They still have Alvarez. They still have Foden. Unfortunately, it looks like Doku's not going to make the match. But I am not all the way in on Everton like you and your cronies with all the spreadsheets seem to be. I, I respect what they're doing, but when it comes to City, I'm still taking City, especially when City has now dipped below 200 on the money line, and I'm combining that with Aston Villa uh, this weekend against Burnley. We're taping this during the United and Villa match, so if there's an injury, then I guess I'm going to have a lot of Red all over my face, but right now there is a ton of red on the score sheet and that Aston Villa has already scored twice against United, Brad. I don't know if you just saw that. They just scored their second. It's 2-0. They are excellent. I feel the opposite way about them. but uh, I do about Everton. I think all the hype is justified. I think they have you know a real chance to be in the top four, at least the top six, uh, this season, and Burnley is on their way down, almost certain to get relegated. As Vincent Kompany's stru- squad has struggled to keep up with the giants of the Premier League, or the mid table, or the minnows. they can't keep up with anybody. So you put these two together, Brett, uh, and I'm up to a plus one twelve. I will admit I'm a little more nervous about the City matchup, but if City clear that on Everton, I got plus one twelve for Villa just to, fe- to defeat Burnley. I'm going to feel excellent heading into this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's a good bet. I mean, but uh unfortunately my my cred pick is going to basically be rooting for the other side of that. Uh Well, go I, ahead get into it. All right. Well, so basically uh <laughs> if you've listened to things on ESPN, if you listened to our podcast last week, uh there's very rare. and this is very rare to happen. Everton has have been a dumpster fire for a very long time. So as Toby will will uh, back
0: Dumpster fires eventually go out.
1: That's true, uh, and and somehow Everton ha- Everton's dumpster fire has gone out, uh, which I you know am shocked by this fact as an Everton fan. I never thought I'd see that. I, I thought it would be like an eternal flame. Um, but yeah, it's, but they have been playing really well. They have some of the best underlying numbers by the expected goals that we talked about beforehand in the premier league and the city loss of Holland is also compounded by the loss of the fact that their best midfielder, most, one of the most creative players in not only the premier league right now, but in premier league history, uh, Kevin De Bruyne isn't playing and, and it leads me to believe that city is going to have problems in their attack to be able to pull away from teams. Um, the other thing, too, is City has played in the Club World Cup. They have played Champions League. They're constantly in competition or um, in competition for some of the domestic clubs that are going on in England. And they're in the middle of a title race, which now has not just one team chasing them this year like it's been in the past, but two teams chasing them. Um, or actually, well, they're ahead of them right at this point. Um, so this is a, like a, a kind of a classic. I wouldn't say a, call it a trap game, but this is just catching City at the right time. Um, and Everton's Everton's getting a plus number to basically be covered by a half a goal, um, so they're plus one forty, and basically they can win or draw, and that number is going to cash. And just with the way that this Everton team is. Teverton team is playing. Obviously, they just lost to Spurs, um, but they they basically outplayed them for about the last 75 minutes of that match. Um, And I think this is going to be a game that's going to be really hard for City to separate from a team. So anytime they're getting even the possibility of a win and draw being covered by the same spread at plus money, I'm going to take it.
0: I do like double chances, as you know, so I like the way in which you're going at it. You're not, like, playing the Everton money line, and as City's just a draw machine right now, they keep dropping two points over and over and over again, which is unlike them. I mean, they've won this league over and over again by not having these draws happen, like not having the random 2-2 happen when they concede in the 95th minute. Uh, So it would fit the pattern of the recent play, but we're obviously on opposite sides of it, so I wish you a lot of luck. Uh, I am going with Liverpool on Monday versus Newcastle. So this one's a little ways away. You got plenty of time to bet it. And I am going with the Liverpool money line and two goals scored in the match uh, at minus 154. Newcastle, uh, it's so funny, Brett. Like we just taped the show last week saying Newcastle had pretty decent odds to make it into the top four given all the people surrounding them. And then they go out and they lose to freaking Nottingham Forest. Three to one and Luton one <laughs> zero. And I rescind last week's show as far as I'm concerned. It never even happened. Teams that have losses like that cannot have good odds to make it in the top four as they do not belong. And that falls up to a four-one drubbing from Spurs, three-nil to Everton. Yeah, they beat Fulham in between, but their last five league matches have been really, really problematic when you're losing to relegation contenders and you're supposed to be uh fighting for Champions League positions. And Liverpool's legit, right? I mean, we always play is liverpool back or not like whether they're going to win the title or not I'm, I'm still not sure of but can they beat a reeling newcastle team and can they get two goals along the way absolutely they look strong against arsenal and in, in that match over the weekend that was super important to the top of the table uh they come back and they get a two nil win on boxing day um, showing that they can easily convert this line themselves, and I—I I don't know. I mean, like I know it was just against Burnley, but showing their recent run of form, getting Nunez uh, on the goal sheet today, the five they put up against West Ham in the cup—even if that wasn't a full-strength lineup—I uh, I like the direction they're heading, and it's more a bet against Newcastle. But it's not like I'm taking just anybody. Pool is solid and minus one fifty-four. This should probably be like minus two hundred in my book.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, as somebody who is a sicko and watched that Luton Town match because I had three Newcastle players in my DFS stack, (laughs) um, I can tell you that they looked pretty broken in that Fulham game where they kind of pounced on them and won 3-0. looks like the anomaly in this recent stretch for them. Um, I think Newcastle underestimated basically how tough it was going to be to compete in two Uh, Big time competitions because they're in the champions. Well, they're bounced out of the Champions League, but they were in the Champions League group uh, stages and then obviously trying to compete again to secure a Champions League spot again this year. Uh, It requires a lot you know, players play a ton of minutes, players get hurt. They've got a lot of guys in and out of their lineups. Uh, they've played some midfielders that even I hadn't heard out of. Uh, so, I mean, this is a this is a bad spot for them, which is why I'm tailing this, because not only do I get to t- back the best attack in the Premier League, which is Liverpool, um, but I get to do that against team, a reeling team that in their recent run has gotten absolutely pounded by some of the better clubs that they've played. So this is going to be a no-brainer tale for me. Because you, yeah. really right. you said minus 200. I thought it would be minus 225 or minus 250 for this number. And you got it at, at what? Minus 154, right?
0: Minus, minus 154. Look, I was on a plane this morning doing some holiday travel. But, like, just looking at the stats, I haven't watched the game yet. I'm going to go back and watch the one against Forrest. But they gave up 3.54 of XG against Forrest. And this comes on the back of, giving, of playing Luton. Like, wh- like I think it was even on XG. I think it was like 1.5 a piece. And so, like, these aren't fluke results. Like, we see that all you said at the beginning. Like, one of the fun things about soccer is individual games can be randomized. Like, one team can have 80% of the ball and 15 shots. And the other team can have one shot and it goes in. And they win 1-0. That's not what's happening with Newcastle right now. They are being beaten soundly by terrible teams.
1: And, and, that, and not to get too data wonky here but that xg number that toby mentioned about the luton town game it's interesting that newcastle is even because luton town scored early in the match and usually what happens with expected goal numbers is kind of the same thing with a you know teams passing when they're down a lot is usually a better team then piles on the pressure Takes a ton of shots. It kind of comes out in the wash as like a pretty high inflated expected goal total because the game state is shifted as the underdog is trying to hang on and bunkering in and just allowing more shots than maybe they would normally. So the fact that it was even in that match yeah. despite the game state is extremely concerning for Newcastle. <laughs>
0: Bade newcastle Oh, because they're owned yeah. by a petrol state so yay yeah pile it on let's all let's all get on board that one all right brett uh let's get responses with a little bit of love we'll do our second guest express and then we will get on with our day
1: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens
0: Okay, Brett, we are back. And on the second guess express, as I said, I was not expecting Forrest to beat Newcastle so soundly this morning. And so when I saw the odds of Manchester United at plus 135 on the money line, it just didn't make any sense to me because United basically had the exact same odds against Villa and Villa is loads better loads better than Forrest. And so I know there's like a home and away thing here where they were home against Villa where they're getting drugged right now and away against Forrest, but it didn't make any sense for them to be the same odds. So I just wrote this one down. I was like, I, I know I don't love Manchester United, but are we really to the place where they're at plus 135 against a relegation contender? And the answer is yes. And the answer is I'm not even going to bet it anymore after what they just did to Newcastle. So I'm having second guesses about my second guess and I am glad that it did not make my sheet.
1: Yeah. And I mean, talking about dumpster fires that have an eternal flame, uh, Manchester United post Sir Alex Ferguson. has basically been that. So I would I am with you. I can see why you would be second guessing being like, I'm about to click a button that makes me have money on Manchester United. Uh, mine was I was I was very close to actually putting this as my as my cred pick. Um, but the the under of 2.5 goals in the Everton City match at plus 105. Um, we're I think most of the time I'm going to feel very confident unders throughout this stretch in soccer. I think we're going to see a lot of of really ugly matches just because of the the congestion of the schedules and the uh, congestion of the fixtures even before getting to this crazy December stretch. Um, but Everton's weird with set pieces and city gets a, usually kind of has a bunch of them in a match and set pieces are super volatile and super unpredictable. And so even though I could see this easily being under two and a half goals there, the thing that got me was I'm like, this is a game where like James Tarkovsky scores, like to put him up two nil or two one or sorry two one on a, like a set piece header from out of nowhere and ruins my under bet. So I, I couldn't go with it. And that's why it's in the second guess express.
0: Yeah, no, the Ederson Constellation goal is always important. Yes, so, that like too. That is, that is danger for any sort of under and city matchups. Uh, okay, so Trendy listeners, thank you so much for diving into the world of soccer with us today. We will be back tomorrow with our basketball-only edition before getting into football on Thursday with both the college and the NFL slate over the weekend. Um, And then for Covered in Glory listeners, we won't be back next week because the Premier League is off. So we will see you in two weeks for our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, no matter what feed you are listening to this on. And we will be back with you soon. Take care, everyone.